welcome to, I almost said no applause just to clap. Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. I'm Doug and with me as always are my acute mental neuroses. This is once again being recorded in the back room of the day job. So I'm trying to adjust some sound levels so you may hear me get a little louder um, or a little quieter and I will try to keep that kind of fluctuation to a minimum. Um, and there'll be a whole bunch of pulling the curtain back kind of stuff like that on this episode, I think. I'm looking at my notes. So, I'd like to sandwich some of the, some of the, um, pop cultural and, uh, personal, uh, and professional, I kind of want, like, uh, not necessarily, um, thematic bookheads, but I kind of just want to, you know, I've got kind of stray notes and, uh, some are, you know, more, uh, I wouldn't say important, but more, uh, poignant than others. So, um, I want to start off with kind of a fun one, and this will be posting, I think, right around Christmas. So, I, you know, there's been loose talk um, with the holidays about uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas. Uh, it's been all over TV, uh, whether it be the animated uh, with Boris Karloff or the horrible live-action one with Jim Carrey. This blew my mind. I never knew this. I have yet to Wikipedia his backstory, the Grinch's backstory. The Grinch steals Christmas from Whoville, and Whoville is... I'm to um, I'm to surmise that Whoville is on that like dandelion world that Horton hears when he hears a who in Whoville. So is that the Grinch is in Whoville? Because I always imagined the Grinch was kind of outside of like he lived in the world Horton lived in, and the Sneeches on beaches with stars on their bellies and Mr. McBean's star making machine. But is Grinch a who? Or is he in that, like, maybe that pocket universe, but that, that small, minuscule world? That blew my mind. So I was like, wait, hold on. Like, Whoville, Horton, there's a who. The Grinch, who? Like, he's tiny. Like, the Grinch is tiny. He, no one should be afraid of him. Um, his heart grows three times larger. Well, what's three times the size of a grain of sand? Who gives a shit? That's not impressive. An enlarged heart is a medical problem. Speaking of conversations I have at work, um, there has been a little bit of stress at work. Um, I've mentioned before that we bagged and tagged and released back to the wild our um, general manager uh, about a month ago, and uh, that the boss was um, kind of divvying up the responsibilities. He, I don't think he had kind of a clear plan in mind, which was fine. It's a lot to take on, but he delegated uh, two leads. I am not one of them, which is great. Um, but I kind of take on the back office aspect and I do the scheduling and tangentially, uh, deal with hiring and resumes and working on spreadsheets and, uh, making things to track inventory, but I do not do the actual inventory tracking. So it's a lot of spreadsheets and word and, and, um, I'll be doing a lot of the, um, marketing stuff, um, coming into the end of the month, which will be roughly within a, like a week of when this goes up. But you see that there's so much gray area that you have the two leads and I kind of bumping heads or stepping on each other's toes, and then that creates tension, and, you know, we needed to hire some people, so I think that, you know, people were working with a lot. You had the same kind of, um, the same people working together, and I think that familiarity bred contempt, um, plus the whole uh, gray area stepping on our toes, that kind of escalated, um, I'm not going to get into the, the politics of this place. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was stressful to the point where, you know, people were um, talking about leaving, and I just kind of sat back because, you know what, um, 
I'm, I, I, I just don't need that kind of aggravation. I have my own shit. Uh, it was very, it was, it was really nice. Like I, I think, you know, a while ago, um, I would have gotten caught up in that. My control issues would have kicked in or I wouldn't have been able to express myself properly and I've gotten frustrated and it would have been a frustration at myself and a frustration at that other person and I would have been suppressed and I, you know, and it would have just, just compounded um, repeatedly. So I think that, you know, um, once again, I'm making a lot of personal progress in terms of kind of relaxing, going, you know what, not only as do I know this is going to be a headache and anxiety and stress and anger and frustration and, and so forth and so on. I know we've talked about anger being a secondary emotion, but, you know, it's the, kind of the first one you recognize, weirdly, that, you know, as well as, you know, uh, eliminating the need to control. You know, I take care of myself. There's a concept called 80-20 where, you know, when you're in a relationship or just in, in, in life um, or if you have, like, you know, a kind of a social uh, aspect, if you want to include that in relationships, that you take care of yourself, at, you know, at least 80%. That way you don't end up in dependent relationships, whether it be romantic or um, professional or, or social with friends. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to get close to that 80-20. Uh, so, um, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, I'm speaking of progress. Speaking of progress, I've been a little anxious about backsliding into bad habits. Like I have talked about before, and I don't think I brought it up recently, that, you know, there I do have like a kind of a light at the end of the tunnel right now. Um, I'm, I'm really worried about, uh, without these kind of imposed restrictions that, um, I may backslide back into, you know, being angry and being a high functioning alcoholic and, you know, kind of the darker times, um, over the last couple of years, um, that really ruined, you know, my life and, and impacted, uh, hugely in a negative sense, other people's lives. Now I think I've got a great, I wouldn't say support group, but I mean a good social group of friends who are very supportive and I don't think would let me go down that now that they know and they've seen how far I've come in terms of, of things I like I just talked about with, you know, the control issues and, and all that. Now that I'm not drinking away the frustration and I have the emotional, the emotional vocabulary and all of that, uh, you know, and that I can recognize what I'm feeling and explain it, and then that immediately kind of releases the pressure cooker of how I feel. You know, I don't, you know, I'll backslide, but there is very much that fear, and that fear creates that anxiety, and then that anxiety is going to lead to wanting to numb it or quiet my brain, and that could lead back to drinking, and I just need to be very vigilant um, of myself, and I'm, I don't want to task my friends to do it. I'm, an, I'm a grown adult. I don't need necessarily babysitters, but I'm also better at, at taking advice and feedback, and if they said, hey, we see this happening, I don't think I would just go, man, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about, or I'm fine. I would be like, oh, okay, that's, you're seeing this from the outside point of view. Let me, you know, kind of look at it from your point of view and see that, and yes, you're right. Maybe I am doing this, maybe I am not doing this, and um, but like I said, it's, 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 you know, you can hear it in, in a, in a slight, you know, my repetitive stutter thing, it, it, it makes me a little nervous. Um, I, I really do worry. I, you know, have come a long way in the last year in terms of emotionally and, um, you know, and, and starting this network and doing fun, great work. Um, and we have got a lot of stuff 
uh, like I talked about last week, a lot of stuff kind of on the horizon that's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of work, um, and I think it's going to turn out really well. So, and speaking of that, um, I have been, um, you know, in November I wrote the novel, um, and I kind of, I wouldn't say neglected, but kind of put off some of my responsibilities at the network, which everyone at the network knew, all the talent knew, um, Deb knew that I would kind of be tight on time, um, and energy, uh, with focusing on the book, and, um, and I come, I, you know, I came back at the beginning of December and was kind of complaining about going, I, you know, I now I need to play catch up, I need to play catch up, and I'm proud to say that I'm starting to get ahead, um, I'm getting back to having kind of a, a nest egg of, uh, variant covers, uh, Deb and I will be working on some cushion episodes uh, for no applause, which can be a lot of fun because without having to be time sensitive, we can kind of um, riff on certain things. Um, I'm not going to say, but uh, specifically, I don't have the list in front of me, but we did make a list when we started and went, well, we'll have these like kind of generalized ideas and we can talk about, you know, in general Batman or we can talk about, you know, um, music from our high school days or music now or whatever. And we could really just riff on on that. So without having to be time sensitive or spoilerific or anything like that, it's it's going to be a lot of fun doing those questions. I always look forward to, to those because there's, there's not so much pressure to, to squeeze in an entire whiteboard. Like we can, you know, play around with format and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, as well as we're going to be planning out kind of our holiday episodes. Uh, this will go up after Christmas. You may or may not have heard the quote-unquote Christmas version of our theme song uh, at the beginning of this show. I'm going to be, uh, at the time that this is being recorded, um, I'm going to be putting together uh, that plus the quote-unquote Christmas-themed versions of um, Shooting the Gap and No Applause. Uh, so it's kind of funny that I haven't even done it yet, but hopefully you just heard it. I'm hoping to clear up the time to be able to do that as time uh, goes on. And I, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but holiday episodes are going to be great. We're, you know, we're not necessarily doing outright themed, but we're going to be talking about your favorite Christmas movies or um, holiday movies or worst Christmas or best Christmas. And if you could ask Santa for one thing fictional, what could, you know, what would it be? Um, you know, would you ask for the Batmobile? I wouldn't. That's like third on my list. Um, what's, you know, the top two? You're going to have to check out, you know, No Applause, Just the Clap, which I'm sure went up a couple days ago. So... Um, my threat's moot. Um, speaking of holidays, I mean, this, like I said, will be Christmas week when this goes up. And um, so, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Kwanzaa, Festivus. Well, Festivus is over, so is Hanukkah. So really all you have is Christmas um, and an early New Year's because uh, the next episode will go up after New Year's. The holidays are, are stressful. Um, I talked about, you know, kind of avoiding my family um, because they kind of had a, a train wrecky vibe uh, over Christmas, uh, I'm sorry, over Thanksgiving, um, I don't know about Christmas, I don't know if my dad will reach out to me, he may or may not, we talked about that, uh, last, uh, two weeks ago, rather, no, I believe last week, last week, so, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing, um, my plan originally was to just sit in movie theater for the entire day, I was gonna go see movies that, uh, you know, if I didn't see them, uh, this coming weekend before Christmas, I would see them on Christmas, like Anchorman 2 and Walter Mitty and Saving Mr. Banks, you know, I would just sit in the theater, and uh, my mom uh, joked that, you know, she may join me for one, and I said, sure, sure. I think she may join me for um, Saving Mr. Banks. Um, but that'll be fun, because then coming out of Christmas for um, the week of New Year's with Deb, uh, it'll be a spoilerific Christmas 
post-Christmas movie whiteboard. Will be, that'll be a lot of fun. But that's what I'm thinking of doing. Just low-key. I don't want to do anything huge. Um, if my family reaches out to me, great. Um, if not, I'm not going to overly worry about it. Um, I'm sure that my family sees me as a, a, a recluse or insular, closed off. But the thing is that I just don't want to be involved in what's going on there. I don't want to get sucked in. I don't want to have to be forced to pick sides. I don't want to be put in that position. And I really don't want to put them in the position of me being frustrated that I say, look, this is what I'm seeing from the outside. You know, I don't necessarily want to fix the problems, but I think it may be, you know, may behoove you to not take my advice and, and this is what's going on. And these are the experiences I'm drawing from to kind of back up my case. And I think they're going to go, well, that's completely different or whatever. And they're just going to shoot me down and then I'm going to get frustrated. And it's like, it's going to end into one of those, like, if you don't want my advice, then why did you ask for it? Or, you know, do you just need to vent? And that's fine. And I'll use a sort of listening. And that's great and all, but it, it's one of those, like, they, they, once again, don't have the therapy. They don't have the experiences I have in terms of this emotional fluidity now and, and mental flexibility. I talked about this, I believe, last week that, you know, I project that onto people where I assume that they have that as well, and that's unfair. Um, that's unfair to them, it's unfair to me. Because I get frustrated, uh, they don't understand what's going on all of a sudden, um, and it's like I'm having a kind of a side conversation with them that they're not involved in, but I'm kind of filling in, you know, what they should be saying in my head, which is horrible. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure I'll talk about Christmas on the New Year's week uh, episode of Dan. Let's see. What else? Um, let's see. We're getting ahead on the BCN stuff. Once again, I'm getting really excited. Um, talking about, I uh, talked to the, the hosts uh, of, of Shooting the Gap about cross-pollination on social uh, media and you know, once again, I'm looking forward to live events. I think that was something that we talked about, Deb and I talked about very early on for all, for some of the podcasts. Um, damn, I don't think we'd have one. Um, or maybe I would uh, maybe do a and a do a personal Q&A, and do that as a damn kind of uh, opener to, you know, if we did a live shooting the gap or a live uh, no applause, you know, but I think that, you know, doing a live um, KBACN will not be work, uh, necessarily work. I need it to be kind of a sterile noise environment because it's a radio play. But I would love to do um, the live shows we already uh, have, um, as well as, you know, maybe a live table of babble, a uh, periodic table of, or uh, the periodic babble. I'd love to do a live one of that. Uh, and the Golden Cartridge, that's up to them. They're uh, kind of our autonomous appendage. Um, and I know I've talked a lot about, uh, or I haven't talked a lot about, um, the golden cartridge, uh, in a while. Um, every week I get updates from, uh, the hosts who were once again, kind of perfectionists. And I don't begrudge them on that. This network almost didn't happen because I want everything a hundred percent great and working when I put it out. And I was like, no, it's going to evolve. It's going to change. There are going to be bumps. You need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to change what, you know, isn't working or, you know, there's maybe something that works later on that, you know, you, we want to integrate. So I, I can appreciate that, um, you know, they kind of want 100% right out of the gates, but at the same time, you know, they need to understand that, you know, I'm, you know, 80%, 90%, you're going to need to be able to, you know, you know, go with the flow on that. So um, we're coming up on um, close to our 20, and I know that it'll be less because of all the ums I cut out. 
that one will not be for reference. Lately, I've been uh, besieged by um, links to Doctor Who variants. The two that really, uh, I'm sorry, three that really hit my brain very hard were one, there was a uh, Doctor Who uh, Sherlock mashup on Tumblr that was beautiful. I really do think um, part of it was just that they picked parts of Sherlock and parts of Doctor Who that had the kind of same lighting, so it looked like they were in the same scenes. Like, it was really neat. I re highly recommend Googling the the Who uh, Sherlock Holmes, um, and it's the, the Cumberbatch uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, not the Robert Downey Jr. Google that uh, matchup. It's, it's fantastic. As well as there was an artist whose name escapes me that put out a series of, I guess you call them a cards, of Doctor of, of the the Doctors in the style of Tim Burton, uh, I loved it so much that I um, got each card and then made a background of all of them in order. Um, and despite that they they were numbered, they had the War Doctor John Hurt and he had an X, but I consider him eight point five since he's between uh, Peter McGann and um, Chris Eccleston. So that's where he appears in my background, and it's uh, just great. I get a lot of people that walk by go, oh, what is that? I go, that's Doctor Who, but via Tim Burton, and it's, it's really neat. I, um, if you Google uh, probably Doctor Who, comma, Tim Burton, um, I'm sure you'll come up with it. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know the artist's name off the top of my head. Um, and then finally, and I don't, once again don't know who did this, um, but Deb sent me the leak, link that was scenes from all of Doctor Who, from all the way from Sylvester McCoy and Peter uh, uh, Patrick Hartnell, rather, all the way up to uh, Matt Smith. Uh, that was animated in the style of Aha, Take on Me, the video, and it was a lot of fun. And I hate her for getting Take on Me stuck in my head. So that's kind of been a fun thing that I've kind of had this weird onslaught of uh, Who variations chucked at me, and um, it really just inflates my uh, hoovy invalidation. So, um, on that note, I do have a, uh, not a Facebook submission, but a friend submission, um, and it was one of those that, it's an old adage um, that I was always quite fond of, and he recommended I say it at the end of the show. So this is submitted via probably uh, anonymous quote, um, but it was submitted by um, my friend, and um, hopefully... Uh, past and future a guest on um, Shooting the Gap, Justin Silva. Um, the two best places to find God are church and the bottom of a bottle. So, uh, weirdly in context of what I talked about at the beginning of the episode. So, from Doug, uh, I'm sorry, yes, from Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug. And from Doug's mental, uh, Acute Mental Neuroses, my mental neuroses. Good night, Internet. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!